was Vassell performed for you by Lviv girl group Lubistok. Dobry večer, dorihi radio Sukachi, tavitaju vas vsih na radio Peredaču, naš holos radio Krinskoho Korinja, katera podjeci vam, jak spičajno na bahatomovni radio stanci AM 1320 Hello there and welcome to Nash Holos Ukrainian Roots Radio, coming to you on AM 1320 CHMB Vancouver and in international syndication on PCJ Radio International. I'm your host, Paula Temchik-Makori, Pukrinske Pavlina, and I am delighted to have you with me. We've got a great program lined up for you, kind of on a theme. We have a book review on Ukrainian Jewish heritage, and this is a true life story of a Soviet defector. A um, fascinating story that not only involves escaping the Soviet Union, but also involved uh, with uh, Cuba and uh, the second Cuban Missile Crisis. As well, uh, just a reminder of what life was really like in the socialist paradise of the former Soviet Union. And also an interesting Ukrainian connection to Cuba. So stay tuned for all of that. We've also got, of course, our usual proverb of the week, other items of interest, and great Ukrainian music. And coming up next is another girl group from Ukraine. They are called Rozhenetsya, and here they are with a song called Kalena Malena, Cranberry Raspberry. Калина малина, чого ж ти не цвітеш? Чого ж ти козачі до мене не йдеш?
Beskidi. Dawno, dawno ja nie była z miłym na Beskidi. Rada bija, rada bija, tu wodić upiti. Rada bija, rada bija, z miłym very popular and prolific polka group from Saskatchewan with members scattered across Canada and they are called Tutitam which translates as here and there and Tichavoda quiet waters up next a not so quiet song for you the Ukrainians from Leeds England from their CD Diaspora and this is a song about immigrants emigrante 
Nes lodine ubitja Nesti niu nikomu ja zla Nile tašđo ni pjanicja Ja ne buva česno pracival Vilna je ljudina Vaki šel svoji prava Pomahaju svojim bratja Inčim ljudjam takim jak ja Gošćom mu prijatelj ljudi Čut ja možu pozivni Ne suži svoja brate ne plaš Ukraine's rich Jewish heritage, then and now, brought to you by the Ukrainian Jewish Encounter based in Toronto, Ontario. In this edition of Ukrainian Jewish Heritage, Myra Junik reviews The Sea is Only Knee Deep, a two-volume memoir of a nuclear scientist who defected from the Soviet Union to Canada at the height of the Cold War. The Sea is Only Knee Deep is the true story of Paulina Zelitsky's defection to Canada from the Soviet Union with her two young children in 1971. These two volumes explore many topics, including Stalin's final years, Fidel Castro's Cuba, and the dangers of defecting. Paulina's story begins in Cuba in 1968. She is part of the engineering team designing a top-secret submarine base for Soviet nuclear submarines. My predicament was dangerous, and the possibility of defection much more so. Zelitsky's story does not shy away from the complex political realities of life in the Soviet Union. Beginning with her birth in 1945 in post-war Odessa, 
Zelitsky's Jewish family is subjected to constant scrutiny by the KGB. Despite the death of her mother from Stalin's imposed famine of 1946-47, Paulina is an optimistic child who loves difficult tasks. Jokingly, adults tell her, To you, any sea is only knee-deep. This Odessan motto, which is the title of the book, becomes a powerful tool in her life. The multicultural city of Odessa is full of beautiful buildings and talented people. However, the constant fear of Soviet repression rules their lives. Children are forced to denounce their parents for any supposed anti-Soviet activity, resulting in arrest and punishment in a gulag prison camp. Paulina manages to keep a low profile and stay out of politics. Despite the obstacles in her path, she skillfully uses the Soviet system to study engineering at the National Marine University of Odessa, where she meets her future husband, Eduardo, a Cuban citizen. Accompanied by their two children, they are sent to Cuba to work under the Castro regime. As Volume 1 ends, Paulina narrowly escapes being raped by her superior, who then proceeds to make life difficult for her. She must decide whether to face the dire consequences or defect from the Soviet Union with her children. In Volume 2 of The Sea is Only Knee Deep, Paulina continues the harrowing story of her defection to Canada. She must divorce her husband, Eduardo, to cut her connection to Cuba. All her plans depend on traveling by air to Gander, Newfoundland. When she reaches Gander, she runs across the runway with two small children to reach safety. After a grueling immigration process, Paulina is granted asylum in Canada. Her life is difficult but at least she is free from the constant fear of Soviet oppression. Her message is very powerful. To be yourself, to live your own values, is the only freedom. The two volumes of The Sea is Only Knee Deep are full of intricate details of Paulina's life experience. Living in Odessa as a child, getting an engineering education, marrying a Cuban citizen, experiencing Fidel Castro's Cuba, suffering the indignity of an attempted rape, planning to defect from the Soviet Union, and learning to live in her new country of Canada. There is a great deal of technical detail about Paulina's top-secret engineering work on the nuclear submarine base in Cuba, which was the cause of the undisclosed second Cuban Missile Crisis beginning in 1969. This information will be very interesting for anyone interested in the history of Cuba and the Soviet Union. Paulina also describes Cuban life during the 1960s and gives readers insight into Fidel Castro's idiosyncratic leadership style, based on rumors from servants who worked for his family members. These self-published books by Paulina Zelitsky and her husband Paul Weinswig provide an interesting look at rarely discussed historical aspects 
of the Soviet Union, Cuba, and Canada. Readers will experience the terror that Paulina experienced in her defection process. They will also admire her strength of character. Most of the information in these books is based on Paulina's own observations and experiences. These two volumes could definitely have profited from more rigorous editing in order to condense them into one book. Today, Paulina and her second husband continue to engage in engineering projects from their Canadian home. Readers of the two volumes of The Scene is Only Knee Deep will be fascinated by Paulina's insight into the Ukrainian famine, anti-Semitism, Odessan family life, education and culture, as well as political oppression in the Soviet Union and Cuba. The Sea is Only Knee Deep, Volumes 1 and 2, are available at Amazon and Barnes & Noble. I'm Myra Jenik in Toronto for Nash Hollis Ukrainian Roots Radio. Until next time, Shalom. Ukrainian Jewish Heritage is brought to you by the Ukrainian Jewish Encounter, based in Toronto, Ontario. To find out more about their work, visit their website and follow them on Facebook and Twitter. Transcripts and audio files of this and earlier broadcasts of Ukrainian Jewish Heritage are available at their website, ukrainianjewishencounter.org, as well as at the Nasholos website, www.nasholos.com.
an original composition by Ukrainian composer Mykola Lysenko. That was the Separation Waltz. Coming up next is a group, uh, a duo actually, called Spilka Dvoch. They are Ukrainian expats to Israel. And uh, this goes back... Gosh, I think to the early to around 2000, 2001, uh, very early in this incarnation of the show. And unfortunately, I've lost touch with them, but did manage to get this great CD with uh, super songs. One of them being this one, Hopshoop Kanada, a song about immigrating to Canada. <laughs>
This is CHMB, AM 1320, Vancouver. Thanks to the foresight and generosity of its donors, the Shevchenko Foundation has been investing in the future of the Ukrainian-Canadian community for over 50 years. Since 1963, the Shevchenko Foundation has been funding initiatives that strengthen our Ukrainian-Canadian identity and enhance our Ukrainian-Canadian cultural heritage. These include fine and performing arts and arts groups, museums, cultural centers, education, as well as authors, journalists, and the Ukrainian-Canadian media, including this program. The Foundation strives to become the premier not-for-profit foundation in a Canada which acknowledges the Ukrainian-Canadian community as a fundamental component of Canadian society. Nash Hollis listeners are encouraged to support this vision through continued donations into the future. To apply for grants, make a donation, or for more information, visit ShochenkoFoundation.com. This is Irena Bell, producer and host of the Ukrainian Hour on Chin Radio in Ottawa with a Did You Know Chisnalevi segment and special greetings to the listeners of Nasholos. Did you know Ukrainians have had a large presence in Cuba intermittently for nearly 100 years? In the 1920s, Ukrainians began emigrating to Cuba hoping to use it as a temporary port before moving on to the United States. While actual numbers are unknown, it is estimated that about 2,000 Ukrainians made their way to Cuba and established cultural organizations in Havana. Eventually, most Cuban Ukrainians succeeded in settling in Canada and the United States, many of them in Quebec. Although few Ukrainians remained in Cuba by the 1950s, according to the Ukrainian Embassy in Havana, there are some 1,000 Ukrainian citizens in Cuba right now. The Cuban Embassy in Kiev, on the other hand, claims the number is closer to 6,000. Today in Havana, there is a Ukrainian school, choir, and dance group supported by the embassy. Thank you, Roman Joba. And did you know that each year for the past 20 years, children from Ukraine's Chernobyl area have been welcomed in Cuba, where they receive the medical attention they require as a result of the nuclear disaster in Chernobyl. The children have been treated for cancers, kidney and thyroid ailments, digestive and nervous disorders, and the loss of hair and skin pigmentation. At a difficult moment for the people of Ukraine, Cuba was one of the first to extend a helping hand with health care for the children. Former Ukrainian President Leonid Kuchma, a special envoy of Ukrainian President Viktor Yanukovych, met with Cuban leader Raul Castro. In Cuba, Kuchma presented Raul and former Cuban leader Fidel Castro with decorations for their contributions on the 20th anniversary of the medical care program that Cuba provided for close to 24,000 children affected by the Chernobyl nuclear disaster. Many thanks to Irena Bell of the Ukrainian radio program in Ottawa for sharing Chisnaleve, did you know, with Nasholis listeners. You can catch her show at www.chinradioottawa.com.
And another popular Edmonton polka group, Trembita, with Chovin, the floating boat waltz. Coming up next from Kiev, Ukraine, Anatoly Rudenko and the Folklore Ensemble Kiev with Nalavaimo Bratya. Let's drink, brothers. My name is Serhii Kaznadi in Toronto, Canada, and I am pleased to narrate Victor's vignettes, stories about life in Soviet and post-Soviet Ukraine. These stories were written by Viktor Sergeyev, who lives in Mykolaiv, Ukraine. Viktor worked as freelance technical translator from English, but now has multiple sclerosis, which makes speaking difficult for him. But he finds great joy and a creative outlet in writing and sharing his stories online and here on Nazholos Ukrainian Roots Radio. You can find Victor's original transcripts along with his commentary at his blog, Vignettes, Life in Ukraine. Links and audio files at nazholos.com. Compulsory Steps, Growing Up Soviet Today, I will share with you the typical Soviet childhood, based on my own life experience. In Soviet times, children went through a very rigid process of indoctrination. There were three compulsory steps required of each child in order to grow into a proper Soviet citizen. Children began their studies at the age of seven. The first step 
was to be admitted to a program called Octabriata and become known as one of the so-called October children. The name comes from October, the month in which the Bolshevik Revolution took place. The Ukrainian name for October is Zhovtyn. It is derived from the word for gold, the color that leaves begin to turn in this month. To my mind, Zhovtyn is a much prettier and more descriptive name. However, Russian was the lingua franca of the Soviet Union, and speaking other ethnic languages, especially Ukrainian, was frowned upon. In some cases, it was actually dangerous. At the beginning of Octabriata, we were all presented with a little badge, a red star with a picture of a blonde little boy in the center of it. None other than Vladimir Lenin, founder of the Soviet Union. Even then, at such a young age, the program struck me as odd, surreal, like some kind of silly childish game. But it was a game the authorities took very seriously. And it was only the beginning of a lifetime of such surreal games. I will never forget this propaganda nursery rhyme from my kindergarten days. Я маленькая девочка, играю и пою. Я Ленина не видела, но я его люблю. That was, of course, in Russian. There was no Ukrainian version. Crucification was in full force. The English translation goes like this. I am a little girl, playing and singing. I haven't seen Lenin, but I love him. Our teachers at school constantly drilled into us, you must always write the word communist with a capital letter and the word God with a small letter. What an ironic ideological paradox. Did they see, too? By the age of ten, and provided we studied well, we were admitted to the young pioneers. In the early 1920s, the Soviet regime created a pioneer organization modeled on the Western Boy Scouts organization, with the addition, of course, of stringent communist ideology. At this step, we were presented with a red necktie, called a Pionierski Galstuk, and another badge, called Pionierski Znachok. On my blog, you can see a picture with all the three badges along with my original transcript. For the next four years, we were happy and proud to be part of the Young Pioneers. Apart from the communist indoctrination, it was a fun time just as I imagine it was for boy and girl scouts in the West. However, our necktie gave away our age. At the age of 14, every teenager wants to look older. So once we left the school grounds, we would hide the necktie. At 16, we were admitted to Komsomol, the youth division of the Communist Party. In actual fact, every teenager in the USSR from the age of 14 automatically became a Komsomol member. Only those who studied poorly or were sent to juvenile prisons did not. Children of very religious parents were also excluded. But we had to pretend we were making a conscious and enthusiastic decision to join Komsomol or not 
What a decision it was. Did we want access to officially sponsored holidays? Did we want to pursue higher education? Did we want to get a good job, perhaps one with the privilege of going on business trips? As children, we were well aware that there were no tourist trips at all, even to socialist countries, for any child whose parents were not high-ranking Communist Party officials. So, did we want to live without even the small pleasures, as few and far between as they were, that came with the Communist Party membership? Well, of course, I joined Komsomol. I wanted the best life possible in that wretched system. Now I pray those days never return, and my daughter and her contemporaries will never have to endure the lunacy and absurdity the previous generation did. I hope you enjoyed this edition of Victor's Vignettes, stories from the life of Viktor Sergeyev in Mykolaiv, Ukraine. You can find Viktor's original transcripts and commentary at his blog, Vignettes, Life in Ukraine. For audio archives and links, visit www.nashholos.com. So until next time, do pobaczenia! Одинокий лист, гнаний вітром, пролітає повз мене. Він більше сюди не повернеться. Не повернусь, мабуть, і я, бо навіщо? Моє кохання, як той жовтий лист, він може впасти тільки до твоїх ніг. Не знаю я, чи знов сюди прийду. Та залишаю замість себе Тільки ви те, що знайшла в саду Для тебе, для тебе я А може завтра ти пройдеш осу Де вітер пельський колище Знає щастя своє тут Лишила, лишила я Можливо, завтра ти пройдеш біля місця наших зустрічей Можливо, побачиш мій останній дарунок нашому коханню І якщо вітерно розвіє ті квіти не чіпай їх, вони мертві. Нехай вони лежать, викликаючи хвилинки суму закоханих, що проходять поруч. Не знаю я, чи знов сюди прийду, та залишаю замість себе ті квіти, що знайшла в саду. 
by popular Ukrainian singer Sofia Rotaru, an original composition by Volodymyr Ivasyuk, who was brutally murdered by the KGB because he inspired Ukrainians to be proud of their Ukrainian heritage. Coming up next, another song of Ivasyuk performed by school children in Montreal a few years ago. I think they're probably all grown up now. Here they are now, the students from the Sheptitsky School in Montreal with Vodohrai, the water fountain.
You know, one of the really great things about working on a Ukrainian radio program is that we get to play some of our favorite music. Paulina? Well, one of my favorites uh, is by uh, a, a group from Ukraine called Morenich, Trio Morenich, and uh, it's ha- really hard to have uh, pick a favorite off their first album because just about every song is wonderful. But my first love uh, on that album is Nessa Halya Vodu, and I'd really like you to play Yeah. 
were listening to Nasholus in the 1990s, you would certainly recognize that voice, Bohdan Zaitsev, who is our co-host and mentor. And I caught up with him again very recently, and he's agreed to come on the show to have a chat, let us know. Uh, where he's at, what's he, what he's up to, and maybe reminisce a little bit about those good old days on the during the first incarnation of Nash Holos from 1990 to 1996. You've been listening to Nash Holos Ukrainian Roots Radio, our flagship show in Vancouver here on AM 1320 CHMB and in international syndication on PCJ Radio International. In between broadcasts, please visit us online at www.nasholos.com to find transcripts and archived audio files, a link to the Nash Holos podcast, and information about the show, as well as a link to our Patreon site if you would like to support our work. And our proverb of the week translates as whoever talks too much or too little harms himself. Well, with that, we've come to the end of our program. So to wrap things up, we have the sounds of the steps from Dryden, Ontario and Unthinkable Fear. I'm Pavlina on behalf of all of us here at Nash Holos and AM 1320. Thanks for listening and Dobranich! enjoyed this edition of the show. If you're not yet a Patreon supporter of Nosh Holos, I hope you'll consider becoming one today, with the digital equivalent of a cup of coffee once or twice a month, or maybe even a snack or a meal. There's an option for every budget, and even a dollar a month tells me you value the show and my efforts to produce and bring it to you. Becoming a Patreon supporter will give you the opportunity to provide feedback to help me improve the show, create cool swag to promote it, and swap ideas on how to promote Ukrainian culture in between broadcasts and podcasts. 
To become a Patreon supporter, just go to www.patreon.com and search for Nash Holos. That's patron with an E, spelled P-A-T-R-E-O-N. Or go to www.nashholos.com and click on the orange Patreon button on any page there. Thank you for listening and for your support. Shterodyakuyu. Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Thank you.